Hello, and welcome to the Injury Prevention Podcast for June 2010. This is Brian Johnston, Editor-in-Chief. Today, we're focusing on the Editor's Choice paper from the June issue, reporting on road traffic injury, content analysis of injuries and prevention opportunities in Ghanaian newspapers. I'm speaking with Mr. Isaac Kofi-Yankson, who's the Scientific Secretary for the Building and Road Research Institute in Cape Coast, Ghana, and also the lead author on the paper. Hello, Kofi. Hello, Dr. Johnston. Well, let's dive right in, shall we? Can you tell me a, a little bit about what motivated you and your colleagues to conduct this study? Describe for us the context that led to your research. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, we realized that some amount of research had been done with respect to low- and middle-income countries. But in the area of the media, little seemed to have been done. And can you, can you summarize for us then your research question? What does the print media in Ghana cover in their road traffic crash articles? And is there any difference between government and private newspaper reports. And so how did you go about studying that then? How did you answer that question? Yes, um, we embarked on the study by reviewing articles on road traffic injury, which appeared in four major national newspapers published in 2005 and 2006 in Ghana. When you set off, you, you said one of the the motivations was to compare privately held newspapers with those that were state-owned and the coverage that they provided. Did you then notice any differences in, in the sort of coverage they, they provided to road traffic injury? Basically, the reporting patterns of both public and private newspapers were similar. However, when the chi-square and probability value analysis were done, um, very simple, statistically significant differences were observed. The state press was more likely to report on pedestrian injury. The private press was more likely to have commentaries. That was the only variation we saw, but broadly speaking, their reporting patterns were similar. One of the other things that you, you noticed, Kofi, was the paucity of reports on pedestrian injuries. I, I believe that in Ghana, as in most low- and middle-income countries, the disproportionate burden of road traffic injury falls on pedestrians, and yet they were uh, comparatively under-reported in, in the news media. Why do you suppose that uh, vehicle crashes were reported so much more frequently than pedestrian collisions? Um, I can hazard a guess. Generally speaking, the motor vehicle crashes that occur on Ghanaian roads can be dramatic. I should think reporters and the newspapers might find those ones more newsworthy. Well, you can, you can understand, I think, you know, at the end of the day, journalists need to generate interesting reports of newsworthy events, and uh, it's not ultimately their job to prevent injuries. So is there anything that, that you think we can do to help them focus attention on the, the chronic, the pervasive and academic, epidemic nature of of uh, this problem rather than the specific and individual seemingly random events that they report upon? Uh, yes, I, uh, I think um, I can see light at the end of the tunnel. We can really offer help. You know, journalists um, are interested in human interest stories, and therefore we really need to focus on 
stories of how individuals have been affected. We also need stories of how communities are taking injury prevention seriously. In fact, in Ghana, one, one common practice is where vehicles speed unnecessarily, the communities themselves would construct speed calming measures, whether they are standard or non-standard. Again, um, um, there's also the need to raise the profile of preventable causes of injury. Well, thank you, Kofi. That was Isaac Kofi Yankson, Scientific Secretary of the Building and Road Research Institute, speaking to us from Ghana. I'm joined now by Dr. Bathy Bell, Associate Professor of Pediatrics and Director of the Harborview Injury Prevention and Research Center in Seattle, USA. Hello, Beth. Hi. Thanks, Brian. Beth, you were a senior author on the paper that we've been discussing. Can you give us uh, your perspective on the role of media advocacy in injury prevention? Yes, it's a great question. Uh, we do a lot of research in injury on important questions for public health. But having your article written, even this, this article written, doesn't get the job done in terms of getting the message out. So one of the things that I was interested in in the paper that Kofi wrote was uh, the opportunity to learn a little bit about how the media in Ghana perceived injury. And that really helps to guide what we can learn about how injury researchers can work better with the media, as well as what kind of partnerships we can form with media experts to improve reporting on injury, focusing on preventable factors and not only sensationalism. Well, what have you learned in the process about what the media wants? What do you think it takes to get good and accurate coverage about the burden of injury? Well, partly it requires work on educating our media partners about the thinking on injury. We had a conference in Ghana, and it was a day-long conference that the media from the whole country attended. And it was very educational to be able to talk about not accidents but injuries and to think a little bit about how reporting on simple factors such as seatbelt use and other contributory crash factors really conveys to the public the idea that this was an injury that might have been prevented otherwise. Your, your question has another important side to it, and that is what can we as injury researchers do to get our messages to, to the media in a form that's palatable and interesting to them? It's not their job to educate the public for public health. It's their job to sell newspapers. It's their job to sell an interesting story on the television. And so we need to think about how to make our work interesting to them. And many times it involves thinking about a narrative or a story as an illustrative example for the research that we are generating. I had to get the impression uh, from what you said that, that this has to be done proactively. In other words, uh, given the, the time uh, constraints of a typical news cycle, you can't count on uh, a reporter getting in touch with you for the scientific facts uh, de novo. It's better to have that relationship in place or even have some of the facts on hand for these people before you're contacted. Absolutely. So I think there are different kinds of opportunities, um, but they, they do rely on building relationships. So one type of opportunity is that you know, when we as, as, injury, as the injury research community know that we have a study coming out, we can take advantage of that to, to contact media, to write a press release that includes some narrative, but to think a little bit about the personal stories that would make 
that article relevant to readers. But that relationship also benefits the injury community when something happens. Another example in Ghana is that the president in Ghana's car was hit by another driver, and he was fortunately okay. But it was an opportunity for the whole nation to consider road traffic injuries, and there was a very fruitful discussion around it. That's the time when, if you have a relationship with the media, they may call you and ask what kinds of things might have kept this crash from happening, what can we learn from this to do better the next time. So there's both an opportunistic availability that's based on an existing relationship, as well as, I think, a proactive approach from the research community. And finally, Beth, I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit about your funder. This collaboration with your colleagues in Ghana was made possible by the Fogarty International Center of the U.S. National Institutes for Health. Can you tell us something more about that program? Yes, thanks. The Fogarty Center is actually a 40-year a partnership between the National Institutes of Health and low- and middle-income countries. It was initially started to consider infectious disease and uh, to build a research base for understanding, combating, and stopping infectious disease, but it's since expanded into other important areas. And, and what's become more evident over the past couple decades is the importance of chronic disease, and I'd say specifically injury, unintentional and intentional injury, in contributing to the global burden of disease. With that awareness, the Fogarty Foundation has now started a partnership to look at building injury capacity and strengthening trainees in low- and middle-income countries. And so this project was funded under that grant and reflects um, a 20-year partnership with Ghana. One of the things that has, I think, been impressive is the way that Ghana has been able to start to learn more about their own road injury, what the economic cost is, and what some of the effective strategies are for reducing pedestrian and road injury. And you can really see these starting to come into play. So it, this is one, one small project of a, of a bigger effort. Uh, countries, as they develop, are getting much more economic development, which is great. They're building roads and improving their transportation structures. But they are also seeing an increase in road injury, both for vehicles and pedestrians. And uh, we need to do better than we're doing if we're going to be able to make progress. All right. Thank you, Beth. That was Dr. Bethy Bell, who was discussing work conducted in Ghana and reported in the June 2010 issue of Injury Prevention. The paper titled, Reporting on Road Traffic Injury, Content Analysis of Injuries and Prevention Opportunities in Ghanaian Newspapers, is this month's editor's choice. It's freely available on the journal's website online. And that's all for this edition of our podcast. I'm Brian Johnston, Editor-in-Chief of Injury Prevention. Join us later in the summer for highlights of the August issue.